Are you a sheep? No. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls don't play, girls games. Don't play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into their prime to be the role models, dreams and voices. Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Hearing, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Monica, and with me today again is my lovely co-host Amanda. Hello, that's me. Hi, I'm Amanda. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> hey, Monica. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? Yeah, sun is shining on my, well, not on my face, like on the side of my face. So that's nice. But I think it's freezing outside. So me. Do you realize, Monica, that we open every single episode talking about the weather? But that's because I'm Austrian and you're British. That's true. <laughs> that's true. The sun is also out here for a change. <laughs> with the sun brings the children. So we might be hearing some children screaming on this show. Maybe we hear excited screams when... We talk about what we're going to talk about today. And what are we going to talk about today, Monica? We're starting a new format. Woo! So we thought, since we're doing this podcast for a few months now, and we have a mission, and this mission also includes education, <laughs> and we found a lot of awesome things along the last couple of months already. So we start our Geek Review. Geek Review format girl reviews geek girl reviews that sounds way better than what i said yeah okay that's why i write obviously (laughs) and that's why i constantly talk shit and use wrong words (laughs) geek girl reviews basically introduces you to a book we read or other awesome things we saw heard that has a bit of an educational value maybe could be a movie review as well like it might be a bit more superficial well, it depends on how we criticize it and how we review it. We, make, we, we bring both the smarts and the stupid into our reviews. <laughs> yeah. The smarts and the fangirls. And I, again, like how you move us over to what we're going to review today. Because what are we going to review today? Uh, we're reviewing The Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy by Sam Maggs. And if you've listened to us for some time now, you know, we have a... Tiny girl crush on Sam Max. <laughs> yeah, we kind of fangirl over Sam Mags. That's so meta. Now, who is Sam Mags? I hear you asking because, listeners, you might not know. Sam Max is a writer and an author, obviously, because otherwise we couldn't review her book. Haha. <laughs> She's Canadian. I think that's the reason why Amanda loves her so much. <laughs> it's true. Us Canucks got to stick together, especially when they're all up in the geek girl feminism. Exactly, and especially when both of them are not in their home base right now, like not in their initial country, because Sam X now lives in... L.A. L.A. Sam is a best-selling writer of comics, books, and video games. She Right now, she's a senior writer for Insomniac Games, and if you people out there don't know what Insomniac Games brought out just recently, it is the latest Spider-Man game. Which I have heard nothing but good reviews about. Exactly. She was part of the 
um, writers team on the Spider-Man game, which is pretty amazing. And the books, she's released a few books. The one that we're reviewing today is obviously the Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy. But she also wrote Wonder Woman, um, Girl Squads, and the recent release is um, Fearless and Fantastic Female Superheroes Save the World. That's awesome. I can't wait to read all these. Sam also co-hosts a show by the Nerdist called Fangirling, and she moderates and appears on panels at conventions such as the San Diego Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con, and also Dutch Comic-Con. Which is pretty awesome, so maybe she's over in Europe sooner or later. Check her out in stock in person. (laughs) And we came across, I think by accident, across the Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy because research. (laughs) Yeah, gotta know what's already out there. And it's released uh, in 2015, so it's now hitting its fourth years. Yeah. It's fourth year, yeah. And it's published by Cork Books in case you're looking for it, but there is no other book out there. So if you hit up Amazon, you can find it pretty easily, I would say. And we'll also link to the book on Amazon in our show notes. Exactly. As the book already suggests, it's a really nice introduction. And introduction is not the wrong word here. Into the geeky girl realm. So either you're a newbie geek girl or a newbie fangirl and try to become one this book is for you and if you just want to find out more about us with weirdos out there um this book is also for you it has six chapters basically kind of seven but the seventh is just a thank you chapter so i'm not sure if this actually counts as chapter (laughs) but the other other chapters are more um contenty chapters and in between those chapters are interviews with other famous geek girls which they were really interesting to read. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. She interviewed even um, Ashley Eckstein, Eckstein, however yes. you pronounce her, who From is her, the... Uh, her universe. She, yeah. Yeah. And some other awesome girls in geekdom, basically. So it's comic book writers and artists and um, game developers and everyone through the entire realm. It's pretty amazing. Actresses, all of them. Mm-hmm. It's just short, short interviews, one pagers, but it's really interesting about how, what fangirling is for them, what they would suggest to other fangirls and geek girls out there. And it's pretty nice and sweet and short in between the chapters. Yeah. So it starts off with the favorite saying, one of us, one of us, one of us. I do like that. (laughs) It's so good. And it's an introduction to the book and what it, means to be a fangirl like what the definition of a fangirl is and how even sam turned out to be a fangirl herself and what it means to her brings us closer to who to the question before who is sam max (laughs) (laughs) then it um continues a bit the chapter is called it's good to be a geek i really did like that chapter because it introduced us to the different kinds of fandoms out there And that really did make me chuckle because because she describes like how there's potterettes out there and whovians and what makes them, how you can recognize that this is the specific fandom. And And there are loads of fandoms. So if you're curious if what you love is out there and classified as a fandom, it, it probably is. It probably is. And it's really interesting to see 
what other fandoms are out there if you're one of the other ones. Like mm-hmm. I was re- I found it really interesting to find out more about the Firefly and Buffy people. So that's a specific fandom apparently. Yeah, the Whedon verse. And- oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I already forgot the name of all of it. But um it's really a fun insight into you if you find yourself there it's funny. And if you See, read the other description it's pretty funny as well mm-hmm. she also talks a bit about fangirl language and what phrases are are common with fangirls uh online and in person and you know you get to learn all about squeeing which for those of you who don't know is a very excited high-pitched squeal and and high-pitched noises over specifically over fandoms i love how you th- for two seconds, you thought, should I do it right now? But then decided against it and your voice became low while you were explaining <laughs> how <laughs> actually the voice becomes really high. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Oh my God, this is happening. I love it. I think we keep that in the show today. <laughs> yeah, that's squeeing. Squealing. Squeeing. Queen. sorry and if you maybe if you've ever heard the word glomp or if you've ever glomped someone and if you haven't you should get the book and find out what glomping is yep we'll not spoil that one for you no we're not gonna spoil that one for you it doesn't it's not as dirty as it sounded like just right now when i said it you always lower the tone monica i'm sorry <laughs> that's why we're explicit <laughs> Because I can't contain myself with myself with stupid comments. After you learned the lingo, basically, of a fangirl, um, Samax introduces you or teaches you or shows you or gives you options on, as on how to convert your friends or other people to your fandom. And it's probably not the healthiest way to squee all over their face. <laughs> so Samax gives you some nice introductions how you could probably invite other people to love what you love tips and tricks to share your love for your geekdom then she gives you tips as to how you can find geek girls in real life i know because geek girls don't just exist on the internet they're actually in person you can find them and hang out with them but where she does give a few good tips i think so I think if you're a younger geek girl and you're kind of, you feel like nobody likes what you like and you feel a bit lost and look for people who enjoy what it is that you're doing, I think she gives a few good tips as to where you can find them. Yeah, definitely. It it would have been handy. Like, to be fair, my high school friends were quite geeky anyways, but if they weren't, it would have been good to, to know where to find them. Yeah. And to be honest, while I was reading stuff, like she men- mentions whatever board game nights or stuff like this, I didn't even think about this when I was that age. I was just, meh. Yeah, well, to be fair, like when we were that, like in the in our teens, a lot of that stuff didn't really exist. Did it not though? Well, or if it did, it wasn't as well known. Yeah, and that's why I think if I had read that book back then, I mean, it didn't exist back then because it's many moons ago, (laughs) but I would have gotten at least the idea that I could, maybe I can just go and see if I can find people because I was just like, there is nothing out there, but maybe there was, I just never looked. 
That's true. Sometimes you just need the inspiration to go and look for it. Yeah. One part of this chapter about it's how it's good to be a geek is how to let your geek flag fly. She divides it a bit in a few different levels. So level noob and level intermediate and level expert. So getting a tattoo, for example, of your geekdom is pretty hardcore level expert. I just, I'm just throwing it out there. Um, I just want to throw in there as well that Monica has a bit of a geek tattoo. So she is geek level expert. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) an expected Patronum tattoo never hurt. No one did it. (laughs) Not at all. And I want a Deathly Hollows one. We've already agreed that the next time we meet up in person, it's happening. Yeah, you just have to make other people aware of it. Or just not tell them and do it, and they, then they see it and they're like, well, it's done now. Well, <laughs> glad that they're not listening. <laughs> well, they will be. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Bye. <laughs> So the next chapter in the Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy is where to find other geek girls online. So which, important. Which is important. Yeah. Especially it was when I was younger. She introduces us to all the platforms that are out there. And there's actually loads. Yeah, there is loads. Which when you're like a teenager, you probably know them all anyway. But she gives a bit of a platform 101 with it which is pretty nice I guess Mm -hmm. like I know I've always known about tumblr yeah and back in university I actually made a tumblr and but I didn't get it I just like was repitting or whatever it is reblogging things to my timeline or my blog or I don't know and I didn't get the point of it I didn't get the purpose I didn't know how to comment on other people's things so I, I just kind of stopped using it yeah. And then these days, perusing Pinterest, it's all the Tumblr conversations because Tumblr is where the hilarity and the geekdom happens. Like, it just is, right? Um, so I've I've made geek caring a Tumblr, and that's kind of the end of my sentence. I've made geek caring a Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> After you've read the, the chapter. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we probably should be on Tumblr and, like, hang out with other geeks. So let's make one. And I did. And the only thing that I'm wondering now... If that's something that will prevail now that porn is off of Tumblr. Mm, That's true. Like with their changes in their terms and conditions, you're actually not even allowed to write like any fan fiction that involves like sex scenes and no erotic imagery or poetry or pictures. And like, let's be fair. I would say a vast majority of Tumblr is erotic. Oh yeah. So we will see what will happen there along the lines. It does seem to be uh, migrating over to Twitter. <laughs> I, I do have the same feeling, I must say. <laughs> Though I'm not sure if I approve. I mean, you do have a filter because I had it active. I didn't even know that I had it active. That it doesn't display images that are a bit sensitive. I mm. also had that filter. And then I was like, okay, so I clicked on a couple of the images and it was filtering out like really innocent things like pictures of flowers and pictures of, of like really innocent like animals and stuff. And I was like, why is this filtered? I don't understand. So I turned the filter off because I was missing out on things. Maybe it's like this double, this double sided picture where you're, where you can only see the thing, but the other people see a different thing. So maybe it wasn't a flower. Maybe. <laughs> 
to change that subject there, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're interacting with other geek girls online, it's, it's important to become an active member of your fandom. And Sam goes through and gives you some tips on how to become an active member of your fandom. Nobody likes people who come into your apartment and put the legs on the table without asking. So <laughs> it's important to, first of all, figure out how does the community work. Lurking at the beginning is fine. So you can slowly figure out how the community that you want to be part of even works. And crashing in with a big fat, I'm here, that's my stuff, everybody else's shit, it's not working. No, you need to slowly build your relationships with people. It's just like in business, you build your relationships. Lurking is fine, but then you need to start interacting and making friendships and relationships and and sharing in the hilarity of the geek girl fandoms. Exactly. And especially in geekdom, people are looking for other people. Mm-hmm. You share at least one interest. That's more than you can see from a stranger on the road. Yeah. (laughs) Then she moves over to, and you've mentioned it previously before, fan fiction, because that's a thing. Yeah. So fan fiction, for those who don't know, it is basically stories about your favorite characters that you've written. So it's, it's the characters that you love, except the author of those characters hasn't written a story about them. It's other people. It's, it's almost like fan mail or fan art or fan fiction. So f- just stories that are out there about your favorites. And then also there, everything is possible. So pretty much everything is available and everything's possible. Yes. And if there's one thing I will say about geek girl fandoms, everything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> Too scared to ask for details here. I'm sorry you cannot see the look on her face right now. It's, it's pretty hilarious. My best friend in high school, maybe it was university, she shared a really long fan fiction with me, and it was a Hermione and Snape crossover. Um, pairing, uh, what's the word? Um, ship. When you ship Hermione and Snape. And <laughs> things cannot be unread once they have been read. Yeah, and that's important. Always mark your content as to what it is. Because if you do ship Hermione and Snape, that's totally fine. fine. Exactly. Just if it's probably has like trigger warnings inside or has adult content inside, just mark it as that so that everybody can read what they want to read mm-hmm. and not accidentally read a piece of fan fiction that will make their lives different afterwards (laughs) yeah another thing i would really really strongly request is that if you're writing a fred and george fan fiction please 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 mark if it is twincest or not because twincest makes me want to bleach my eyes (laughs) and many many fan fictions i read back in the day involved twincest that was not marked and i was like no 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 Yeah. Again, if twincest is your thing, that's fine. Just make sure that your fanfiction is marked. <laughs> yes, agreed. As in real life, you don't want to walk in on people doing it in the cupboard or in the store, do you? No. Right. But just warn people and give those the key who want it. <laughs> and there are people out there who want what you're writing. Exactly. So make it easy for them to find and for people who don't want it to avoid it. 
simple rules, isn't it? Simple rules. For example, I used to write Fred and Harry fan fiction. And like, I really enjoyed that. People I wrote for really enjoyed that. But then there were some people that didn't really enjoy that. And that's okay. So that was a, what, Fred and Harry ship? Yeah. Like PG, what? R-rated? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> I have to admit, I didn't read too much fan fiction. Actually, not at all. But I think I might read up on that now. <laughs> also, then she mentions Sam Max in her book about which language that you use. And she goes into the details that we just said now. Like, mark your stuff and whatever else you words you use in fan fiction land. Yeah, probably another important one is the NSFW tag, which is not safe for work. Just things to to keep in mind if your people that you want to read it quite possibly are reading at the office <laughs> or watching or looking at your fan art. And, you know, there are going to be people that don't like what you're putting out there. And most of the time, these people will just like close it and, you know, just carry on with their day but then you're gonna find these people who are going to troll you yeah and that is like posting a lot of hate and negative comments and just for the the sheer reason to be an absolute arsehole on the internet to you because the internet is a great big anonymous platform more or less that Mm. you can do that not that you should but you can yeah and some people Apparently, have nothing else to do in their lives besides mm-hmm. being an asshole online. Yeah, uh, all you need to do is look at J.K. Rowling's Twitter replies, and you know you'll see what a troll is. Sam categorizes them in different kinds of trolls, which I find really funny. So she gives them funny names and how they usually, how you can recognize them because there are different sorts of trolls. And she also gives you an input on how you can deal with them which I find really important to read. That was good stuff there where I was like, I haven't actually thought of that because when you're in that situation, you're often like, I have my first troll, people hate me. What am I supposed to do? And then you will start, you will spiral into that thing of commenting and defending yourself. But that's just not properly working. No. With trolls. It's not. Because don't feed the trolls is an actual thing. Yeah, you don't feed them because it just gives them more fuel to fight with. Yeah. And I think the overarching theme for the internet is just don't be a dick. Exactly. Don't be a dick. And don't be vain. Understand that you're not the only person on the internet and be nice to people. And if you're going to have an argument with them, have it make it constructive. Don't just like be a dick. Just don't be a dick. I actually feel like that phrase might be one of my most used phrases. Just like, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. I think some people don't realize that being a dick is annoying. I actually think that some people don't even realize that they are being dicks. So it's important to actually examine your own activity and your own, like, what you're saying and be like, is there any way that I could be construed as being a dick? I think people sometimes forget that the world doesn't revolve around them. Yeah. Um, So... It's not always that people hate you personally or don't want to talk to you personally. Or it's not that everybody and their mother thinks about what you're doing in your life. We always just think that everybody thinks about us, but we really don't. No. So just don't be a dick, but also don't. Yeah, don't be overdramatic. 
Overdramatic, thank yeah. you. You're welcome. And I think like as well, if somebody takes the time to point out that your behavior could be coming across as being a dick, take that on board and, and examine what you're doing and, and just see if there's changes that you can make to yeah. try to make your internet life better. Because yeah. that's like geek girls want to find each other and hang out with each other and just genuinely in, enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Because there, there's enough hatred coming from, like, hatred and, and misogyny coming from men, especially, like, male geeks who, not all male geeks, but a lot of male geeks don't want geek girls in their realm, right? So us geek girls, we do have to stick together. So make it easy for each other. Yeah, make it easy for each other. Start a proper conversation. Like in real life, get to know the people. Get yeah. to know the person on the other side of the screen. Then it's easy really. I never had issues getting to know people, but also be careful how much you give away because the internet never forgets. The internet never forgets. And mm. once it's out there, it's out there. It's out there. Especially when you're a young geek girl mm-hmm. can take that into, into consideration. But also if you're an adult geek girl, don't post nudes. Unless you're into that kind of thing and that's okay. Yeah, which is fine. I agree, but also public nudes can eventually be a problem when you don't make money with nudes. Yeah, that's true. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying don't post nudes. I'm saying take care of where you post nudes. Yeah, fair point. Then the next chapter in Sam Mag's book is about how to survive convention. Because as geek girls, we want to go to conventions and hang out with other geeks in real life, hang out with people who are in our fandom, like the famous people and authors who are actually in our fandoms, we want to hang out with them. So this is a guide on how to actually go about surviving them. And I think it's especially important when you're an introvert, like to learn how to conserve your energy at conventions. And it would be interesting if there are places specifically for introverts at conventions, probably not because there are probably a lot of introvert people on conventions and there's not enough space for space (laughs) yeah i feel like it's called the bathroom stall sitting with your music in on tumblr in a bathroom stall (laughs) feeling overwhelmed at conventions because there's so many people it does sound like a personal experience but i'm not sure if it really is it's not but um i can see it happening Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Sam gives a lot of, like, you find an actual list with a lot of conventions, especially around the US and um, Canada, um, which is pretty cool if you don't know where to start. She has a lot of them in there. And also she gives you basically the how-to con. <laughs> yeah, so it's tips for organizing your convention adventure. And yeah. stuff that you have to bring or want to bring because... Often it goes for on for more than a day, so you're probably going to be exhausted. Yeah, I think the most important thing to bring is snacks. And drinks. Probably mm. the most important thing is drinks. Because a lot of conventions don't actually have food, and they're usually pretty far from, like, even fast food places. And expensive if there is food. Yeah. Like, everywhere that's locked up where you go, they make you pay. Mm-hmm. What you can bring at a con besides food. And what you do and don't do at cons. Yeah. Like, don't hog famous people's time. Don't touch them without permission. Don't jump at them and hug them. Don't ask if they want to hug you. Don't ask if they want to give you a kiss. That's all rude. Yeah. Personal space. 
And also don't not do that with celebrities. Also don't do that with anyone really. Yeah. And especially like that brings us into her next topic, which is cosplay. Mm. Now we did have an interview with someone who did cosplay, um, Anna, a few episodes ago. So if you want to hear more information about what it's like to be a cosplayer, go back and check that episode out. But Sam talks about cosplay at conventions, um, less of the anime and manga conventions and more at like comic conventions and games cons. Mm. Um, and I think that a pretty important thing that she brought up is, is don't touch the cosplayers. Yeah. What she said specifically is cosplay is not consent. Yeah. Make sure of that. You're not a dick who just jumps at people you've actually never met just because they're in a character that you love. You can express your love in a different way without being, um, without overstepping a boundary. Mm-hmm. And also give them their space. If they're sitting down, if they have food, let them freaking have their food. Yeah, there's plenty of time for them to be walking around taking pictures with people who think they look awesome. Yeah. And also don't be upset if they say they don't want to take, want to take pictures right at this moment. Mm-hmm. Because the sun is not always shining out of your ass as well. So I think for me, the best chapter from the Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy was the last one, which was Aim to Misbehave. And it was all about geek girl feminism, which, well, that's what we're all about here at Geek Herring. It was both interesting to read and also, for me, especially the most educational one, mm-hmm. the most educational chapter of the book. Because the other few chapters, they were basically really an intro guide, as she says. I mean, the book is called The Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy, so it's about getting basic information across. But being a geek online for 20 years, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the information in the book, it wasn't as relevant to me and Monica. Yeah, but if you're a newbie-ish or just want to find out a bit more basic details, I think it's a good head start. Mm -hmm. But as Amanda said, the geek girl feminism chapter, that one, I really enjoyed. Yeah, it was was really really good. And like Monica said, it was educational. Um, Mm -hmm. So she brings up a really important topic, which is why call yourself a feminist? Because... Over the years, feminism has had a kind of a bad rap. And if you called yourself a feminist, you you risk being called like a feminazi, somebody <laughs> like our militant feminist. And like you hated men and you hated every, everything that men stood for. And, you know, you wanted not just equal rights, but you wanted women to be above. And like all these stereotypes and all these mistruths and... Which is just not true. And I think she sums it up. It's just one page and it's not long. Um, And she sums it up so that basically when you think that everybody should be treated equal, then you're a feminist. Yeah. And that's that's basically it. Yeah. And that's not so hard. And that doesn't have a hidden agenda. And that doesn't want to kill men or hate men or frigid or whatever else the fuck. Mm -hmm. It's just that everybody should have the same rights. And same access to the same stuff. Yeah. And that's so I remember the first time that I considered myself a feminist. I was in my grade 10 civics class. So I, it was, I was 15. And before that, I didn't consider myself a feminist. And my teacher stood there and he, he asked the class, he said, who here is a feminist? Mm-hmm. And I think about three or four people in a class of about 25 put their hands up. And he put his hand up and he was like, I'm a feminist. Mm-hmm. And we all kind of looked at him because... 
here was this man standing at the front of our class being like, I'm a feminist. And we all thought, you know, feminism is just for, for women and, and like people, like I said, like militant feminists, you know, wanting to whatever, all the things that I just said. So, and he was like, we've got a few other people in here who are feminists. Why aren't the rest of you feminists? And then he stopped. He didn't let us answer that question. And he said, who here thinks that everyone deserves equal rights? And we all put our hands up. Yeah. Every single person in that class put our hands up. And he was like, that's what feminism is. Yeah. And we, were, we just kind of looked at him. He was like, that is what a feminist is. A feminist just wants equal rights for everyone. Now, who can say that they're a feminist? And every single hand in that class mm. went up. And I'll never forget that class. I'll never forget that moment because it, it was really life-changing for me. And it is that simple. If you want equal rights for everyone, you're a feminist. That's that. It took a while longer for me to actually realize that I'm a feminist. Yeah. When we were first talking about the show, Monica, you were hesitant to even put feminism anywhere near it. Yeah, it's true. And I also, that I actually said it out loud right now, gave me a weird feeling. <laughs> but I think I need to, just need to say that more. You do. It just, because saying it out loud often also comes with a lot of confrontation, right? Because people exact, do think exactly that. You hate men. You want to take something away from someone who has everything already, right? Especially when you're a countryside life person, it's sometimes difficult because being a feminist means so much. It, it's always so much against what they are about. Mm-hmm. So that's always people start to take it personally. But... I shouldn't care what other people think, right? So yes, I'm a feminist. Now if that's sorted. (laughs) Now now that that's sorted, Monica's proudly proclaiming she's a feminist. I think she should read out the Geek Girls Litany for Feminism. Oh yes, I can do that because that's part of the book. Then it's all credited to Sam Max. So yay, Sam Max. That's what I'm going to read out to you right now because it's cool. I'm a geek girl and I'm a feminist. Embrace the word fangirl with open arms. I don't have to prove my nerd cred to anyone, ever. Whether I'm a comics noob or a fic writer typing up her new chapter or a hardcore gamer who sometimes forgets to sleep, not that I ever do that, no one else gets to decide whether I do or do not belong. From Super Hulok to Shakarian, I accept all fandoms and ships as equally meaningful and important in our geek girl lives. Even if your OTP is my no TP, I will still like you, though I may have to unfollow your blog. I can wear makeup and R2D2 mini dresses or a chewy t-shirt and ripped jeans. And the world has to deal with it because the geek feminist looks however she wants and doesn't apologize. I will support empowering lady-created media and amazing female characters who make me feel like I could be bad girl if I just had some yellow Doc Martens and a vigilante complex. I am the doctor, not the companion. Buffy, not Bella. Nobody's sidekick, love interest, or token female. I am driving this ship. I am a fangirl, a feminist, and a force to be reckoned with. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I like that actually now that I'm the doctor is so true. It's so true and it's so relevant now. So good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she also then adds a bit of feminist lingo into the book, which is cool. There are some things that I haven't known yet, to be honest. Then mm. she goes and, and talks about the myth that need busting, which... We know, don't hate all men. No, we don't. 
also it's not only women who are feminists as, as men. I said yeah as it's, I said yeah and then she talks about some kick-ass female characters that we all need to know and we all need to recognize so she splits it up in a lot of different like into comics movies tv shows and there are a lot of characters that I didn't know before And because I fell down this rabbit hole of characters, I have to admit that I then found out and I just need to share it with you because I find it's awesome and I'm sad that I didn't notice that before. Do you know that Ruby Rose played Batwoman? No. Isn't that awesome? Very awesome. And that Batwoman actually is a gay with red hair. There is a tendency apparently because I was reading through things that redheads apparently seem to be gay in the comics which is a weird stereotype. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> But yeah, Ruby Rose. I mean, how cool is that? Very If you don't know Ruby Rose, she's part of, she's also what, gender queer? Yeah, I think so. Um, and she was part of Orange is the New Black. Yeah, and she's super hot in it. She's generally really good looking. Really good looking. Hard to handle. It's so gross when people are so good looking. <laughs> Yeah, so that's just something I, w I learned through that chapter that Ruby Rose was Batwoman. And what I really did enjoy in that chapter was also that she gives some basics as you, as you yourself can critic um, other people's work. And it's not about going in there and saying your work is shit and leaving again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because that's not proper critics and that's not good feedback. But she has a few different methods as to how you can figure out if a movie is a good movie for geek girls. So it, it, it's a pretty, pretty great chapter and section because it does help you like decide if you should be pro like really promoting the message in the film. For me, it was really interesting because there are parts that I haven't even thought of because they also like for example if a female character is only in the movie to be killed off so that the male character can evolve or something then it's actually a pretty stupid movie mm. but how many and they even mentioned uh thor and the loki movie where that happened where the girl died and then the brothers came together and everything and i'm like I didn't know they said at all at that time so that's really interesting for yourself to get more info as, and get a different point of view where you don't even notice that the female parts in the movies were solely used for the benefit of the male. Mm -hmm. So that's why I did really enjoy that part of the book. It definitely helps to open up your viewpoint on those seemingly trivial moments. Yeah. Um, and to think of them in terms of how they're being represented to, to the world, like even if, as like an underlying kind of thing. Because I think most of the issues with representation for women in movies and superhero movies and in general in movies is that it's so subtle sometimes and we think it's normal and we stop to question things because that's how we always seen it. So the things she states are really good uh, basis to go off and I think we will probably use that more when we, in our podcast, mm -hmm. in the upcoming episode. Yeah. When we talk about movies and shit like this. When we're putting feminism into everyday action. Exactly. Which is the very last section in this, uh, this part of the book. 
So it, it's important to to not only like say that you're a feminist, but it's to act like a feminist and, you know, be a feminist every day. It's in the small ways that you act and behave and the small things that you say and just being aware of what's going on around you. I think sometimes we think that feminism is something or a change in the world is only something that can be done if you make a huge step. Mm -hmm. But actually it's the baby steps that make a difference because if you don't take baby steps at all or no steps at all, if you sit there and think, I can't take that big leap because that's too much for me. It's I'm in over my head. I can't do this. That's too much. But then take baby steps. Mm-hmm. Like start a podcast with a very great friend and talk about feminism. And like your little steps could have a ripple effect as well. Like Monica and I have started a podcast, obviously. So it's not the littlest step. Like there's quite a bit of thought and process into this and and intent. But the ripple effect from this is it's actually been quite huge. And especially in amongst the male geeks in my life, in our lives, I'm seeing a lot and hearing a lot of, you know, I never thought about it like that from them. Mm-hmm. Those ripples are causing them to think in new ways as well. And yeah. then that's going to ripple out into the people that know them and it's just going to continue. And so it is, it's little actions can have that big impact. Like a small butterfly can cause a tornado on the other side of the world. Yep. So that's important to keep doing you. Mm-hmm. Unless the- you're an asshole, then don't keep doing you. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know if you're an asshole, reevaluate. <laughs> yeah. The last chapter of the book basically gives you some resources as to where you f- can find geek merch and. Uh, accessories and food stuff like how you can get geeky food at places and it's a nice list of all the things that you need when you want to become a geek or want to dive into that thing more mm-hmm. monica do you think there's a difference between the term fangirl and geek when i was reading that book i was thinking about that because you said to me you, when we talked about this you said to me for you it was different And they use it somehow as a synonym. So for them, it's kind of equivalent. It's the same. When I think of a fangirl, I do think a bit more, probably a bit more emotional, I would say. Like I would add more, and I'm not saying more passion, but be more vocal about it, like more active, as in go to conventions, more write, more fan fiction, more in a creating sort of way Mm -hmm. so fangirls for me have some creating part within themselves whereas I probably don't consider myself a fangirl because I don't create things around my geek well now the podcast but it's not that I have something that I create that's solely based on my fandom like I don't write fan fiction and and stuff like this but I still consider myself a geek Mm -hmm. yeah I'm the same like I know when I first read this I think it was back in October. Mm-hmm. And I said to you, like, I don't think I identify as a fangirl, but I do identify as a geek. Mm-hmm. For many of the same reasons. Like, 
even back when I was writing like a lot of Harry Potter fan fiction, I, well, to be fair, I didn't even know what a fangirl was back then. And <laughs> so I think that there is that, that difference. Like I just did it because I enjoyed it, but I, like, I wasn't, I, I, I don't know. There's some, there's a part of me that feels like fangirls stick to Tumblr. Yeah. And like, there's just that overarching excitement and squeeiness. I do think, and I think of fangirl, I do think of squeeing, but then I'm wondering if that's also a stereotype in my head. Yeah, is that like our bias because we don't do that? So do we... But then also I wonder, don't we do that? I don't, and I don't think I ever actually have properly squeed over something. Like I, I have probably said in chats or something with like my Harry Potter friends back in the day, like, oh, that makes me squee. But like, to be fair, I don't think I've ever actually squeed in my life, like out loud. Like the woo girls, you mean? Yeah. Like I've never, I've, I've witnessed my friends getting like super high pitched and talking about their fandoms and, and squeeing. And I would be like, yes, they're fangirls. But I've never felt like I was the same kind of geek as them. But I do identify myself as a geek and a dork and a nerd. All of the above. I'm a trifecta. A trifecta? <laughs> I do know that when I'm, emo- like, when I'm super excited, I do get really loud. But I'm not sure if that does equal squeeing. Mm. I was definitely not standing at concerts or everything shouting the heart out of myself because I was so passionate about like for me, probably fangirls show their passion more vocally than I would, even though when I'm excited, I do get loud and probably gets high, but not as in high as you squeaked at the beginning of our show. Yeah. Probably the closest I've ever gotten to the proper, like 100% definition of fangirl was at my very first Backstreet Boys concert. Like I properly fangirled over that band for years and years and years. Like I would cry when their music videos came on the TV. And then at the first concert, I screamed my heart out. Like, not just like, woo, but like I screamed like I was being murdered because I was so happy and I cried the entire concert. Well, that's proper fangirling right there. That was proper fangirling. I was at my Backstreet Boys concert. I didn't scream like that. Maybe it's just that fangirls are more in tune with their emotions and more willing to shout them out to the world, which is actually a really good thing to do. Don't keep your emotions in people. True. Let your geek flag fly. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. See, so maybe we are fangirls. And maybe it doesn't really matter because semantics, but as long as you identify as happy with whatever it is you're doing and don't hide because of that, I think, then that's a win. Mm -hmm. So what do you think now that we've talked about it? So your favorite chapter you already said is the last one. And I share your opinion on that. Because the beginning and the middle part for us old school newbies was a bit difficult to get through. But I must say, she writes in a really nice style, so I would really like to like have her as a friend. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, just because I found the the content of the majority of the book to be average mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I thought that the writing style or the overall message of the book was average. I actually thought the book was very good. Yeah. And it was very well written. And I think for the right audience, it is the like a fantastic book. I would have wished to have that book when I was like 14, 15, 16. 
It would be a bit of a geek girl Bible. Yeah. Like I wish that actually Sam Maggs and maybe she has, cause I haven't read the rest of her books yet, but I wish that she would write an entire book about geek feminism because her writing style, it's very approachable and it's very easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that that would be really great. The only thing that I know is that Wonder Woman is of um, women in history who did something right. Yeah, that one. I've got that one. It's on my shelf to read next. And Girl Squads is about like when women squatted up and did something right. Mm-hmm. Like whenever that was a good thing. Yeah. Because it often sounds as if we have to fight each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then she basically wrote about how it's good that you work together as a geeky girl as well. Yeah. And the other one is about superheroes, Marvel. So mm-hmm. uh, might not, but maybe we might just bring it to her like that. <laughs> or maybe we just write it ourselves. Or that. Yeah, it's an option. Cool. True. I mean, I'm not writing. You can write it. But <laughs> sure. It's a solid. It's a solid introduction to being a fangirl. Yeah. And I, I would wholeheartedly have no qualms about recommending it to anybody who wants an introduction to what it is to be a geek girl or to teenagers yeah, um, or to anybody who just, just wants to read something, maybe not necessarily informative until you get to the last chapter, but interesting. Yeah. I would, if that book were out in German, I would give it as a present to a teenage girl that I'm related with somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I actually think that it could be, enjoyed by by male identifying geeks as well a lot of the information could be applied to them and because men are part of fandoms as well like yeah they are and you know they might not react exactly the same way as a fangirl but the information held in the book is still important and it's still good to especially to understand like the lingo and the abbreviations and like if you're curious what the geek girl in your life is talking about like just maybe check it out yeah I agree. Might be a good introduction. Mm -hmm. I do think it's a good introductionary book. Yeah, 100% agreed. But since we basically live online for the last couple of years, we know what all the platforms are about. (laughs) Whether we use them or not is another story, but we know what they're about. Yeah. So, listeners, have you read Sam Meg's Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy? We would love to know what you thought of it. Or have we encouraged you to go out and buy it and read it? Because that would be cool too. And you can find the link in the show notes because reasons and easy. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, so basically that was our first re- review. Yay. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Or is there something that you want us to read, watch, talk about, review? Let us know. Always open to suggestions. As always, we love your input. Mm-hmm. Talk to us on social media at Caring. On Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we're also over on Patreon at Geek Herring. And on our website, geekherring.com. Thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye for now. If you like this episode of Geek Herring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Herring and over on geekherring.com. by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.